Alright, John chapter 21. I've enjoyed uh, studying through, preaching through uh, the Gospel of John. I feel like as we're now at the, the last chapter, maybe the last week of this, that we've just scratched the surface. Isn't that how it always feels like as you get into the Word of God and you teach it and you study it and you get through it and then you're just like, oh, there was so much more, you know? There's so much left. Uh, so, that's just the way the Word of God is, the unsearchable riches in Christ. John chapter 21, verse 3, the Bible says, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. And they saith unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. And then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? And they answer him, No. Here we see, this is, as we study this, this is the third time that Jesus reveals Himself to the disciples. And as you read verse 2, there's seven of them that go on this fishing trip. There's seven of them that uh, head off and, and, and go fishing. And you know, Peter, he was, uh, he was kind of a natural-born leader as you study and look at him in the Scripture. And, and he could lead those toward to do some good things, but he could also lead them to do bad, right? He could lead them in a bad decision, in a bad way. And here he was, uh, he, at this point in time in his life, it, Peter kind of looked at the situations, and as we've been studying the, the crucifixion of Christ, and, and now he's not sure of his future, you know, he's not sure what's going on. All of a sudden, Peter, things are out of his control. And he didn't like that, right? And so at this point in time in Peter's life, he's not real, you know, patience is not his strong suit. And so he says, forget this, you know. I've been following Christ for three years. It was good, it was good till just recently, and then it got really, really bad. He says, I, I'm going back to what I know. I'm going back to fishing. Listen, I, this was a, a three years. It was awesome. I saw some great things. Lord's great. I don't doubt Him. I don't have any hard feelings toward Him. But I'm going back to fishing. I'm going back to what I know. I'm going back to what I can control. I know what to expect when I go fishing. And so I'm going fishing. That was my career. And that's the direction that I go. And of course, he had six other of the disciples say, all right, sounds good to me. Let's go with you. You know, This is where we started, and this is the direction we're going to go. Let's go back to doing what we all know to do. And this is a very different Peter. And the confidence that... I mean, Peter, he just, he just was a confident man. As you read through the Gospels, he in, in, in John chapter 6 and verse 66, when thousands of the disciples walked away from the Lord that He had just fed. Remember that? Jesus started teaching this doctrine that was too heavy, too hard. And thousands walk away in the twelfth stay. In this. And during that time, Peter's faith would have been tested. But he said this, he said unto Jesus, when he said, will, you, will the twelve go away also? He said in verse 68, then answered Simon Peter unto him, to whom shall we go? For thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure 
that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. And so there Peter is, he says, listen, we're not going away. I don't care if everybody walks away. We're sticking it out with you, Lord. He says later in Matthew 26, when Jesus tells him that he's going to deny him, he says, Peter answered and said unto Jesus, though all men should offend because of thee, I will never be offended, Peter says. He says, in verse 35, Peter said, Though I should uh, he, said, he said, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. That's what Peter said. Likewise said all his disciples. And I think that at the heart of Peter, honestly, he believed that. When he said it, he believed, I'll die with you, Lord, I'll never deny you. But he could have never expected what was going to happen. Even though Christ told him. There's going to be great sorrow, right? And there's going to be hardship. And it's, I've got to die. And I've got to. And Jesus told him. But Peter could have never expected what he, the fight, the battle, the valley. I don't know how you want to say it. The storm, you understand? That he was about to face. He had no idea what he was capable of. The Lord did. The Lord did. Jesus, Peter, just a couple days before this, stood by a fire cursing said I never I don't know him denied Jesus Christ three times I don't know him right at the darkest hours Christ is being beaten and tried Peter denied him at this point in Peter's life he seemed like there's nothing left to fight for you know Peter was a fighter but Peter wanted something to fight for right he wanted something that he could get a hold of, something that he could control, and all of a sudden things were just spiraling out of his control, and he didn't like being in that situation. I mean, Peter's kind of like us. Wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, when you read and study Peter, a lot of times you could see yourself in him. And here we see Peter, what you would call backsliding or quitting. He was called as a disciple of Jesus Christ, and he'd been following him, but now he says... I go a fishing. I gotta ask you this question. Why do you think people quit? I mean, and I'm not just talking about quitting in, in all areas of life, but why do people walk away from the Lord? Or walk away from the purpose or his calling in their life? There's I think a lot of reasons for it. There's first off, there's a spiritual warfare going on. Right? And there's a power. Satan wants you to quit. But discouragement. Discouragement's one of the reasons. Things happen that you didn't expect. You really thought that the Christian life was only going to be easy, that it was only going to be joyful, that it was only going to be happy times, right? Some for some reason we thought that, even though we don't admit it, but sometimes we just think that, right? That there's there's you're never going to go through the darkest hour after walking with Christ. But I guarantee you, Peter did. Paul the Apostle did. So the lack of courage, there's fear comes, doubt comes. Peter was doubting everything that he believed so strongly. I mean, if you'd have gone up to Peter at certain times when he was with Christ, man, he would have come across as he, he'd never doubt, never fear, never waver. And now he had doubted everything that he'd ever believed. Some people quit because people that they love quit. Some people quit because people that they love die. This was happened here with Peter. 
He loved Jesus. He was following him. And then Peter, Jesus was gone. Jesus was gone. I mean, people had seen him and all these things, but everything was changed now from what those happy days of walking with Christ and seeing him multiply the food and feed the thousands and raise the dead and heal the, everybody. All these things that Peter had saw, now this is gone. Jesus is gone. Peter's like, what in the world? People quit because they lose control of their circumstances. When things start going out of their control, they say enough. The burden gets too heavy. You know, people quit. And I think this was part of why Peter was walking away. People walk away, people quit because of failure in their life. Peter had failed. But People think that failure disqualifies you from walking with the Lord, from staying in His path. But that's not true. true. That is not true. The enemy would like you to think that failure disqualifies you, but it doesn't. Let me skip ahead to the end of this for just a second. As Peter is about ready to get a promotion. Jesus is coming to Peter to promote him right after his big mess up. Sometimes when you fail and you mess up, you know what you got to do? You just got to hang on. Yeah. You just got to hang on. We all fail. We all mess up. We all me- and, and, and then they would think, oh, you're disc- oh, you can't no longer do anything. Now you're this and that. No, 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 no. Don't allow the enemy to tell you that when you've maybe even gone as far as Peter and denied him. Failure. Peter thinks, I failed the Lord, so I quit. I'm going back to what I know. I'm done. Jesus shows up here on the seashore. This picture of Jesus with his disciples who have walked away from him, going back to what they knew, is the just most gracious picture of Jesus Christ. As you look at this, he is loving and gracious and merciful. Then he says to him, Ah, I see you guys went back to fishing. How's that going? Right? How's it going out there? You catching anything? And that, that's gotta be one of the most we got a we got a fisherman here with us this morning. And so this gotta be one of the most uh, embarrassing questions oh, yeah. to ask a fisherman who's been out all night, you caught anything? Uh, no, I haven't caught anything, you know. <laughs> you know why we backslide? And, and I just gave a bunch of different scenarios. But ultimately it boils down to this. Is our love grows cold. Our love. It, it has to do with our love. Our love grows cold. And that's why we say, forget it, I'm going back to something that I know, something that I can do. Again, I said this already. Some people just say, I'm not happy. You know, I'm not happy. So I'm quitting. You know, parenting is harder than I thought it was going to be. Right? Marriage is harder than when I just am not happy, so I quit. Right? 
loving people and serving people and helping people is harder than what I honestly, than what I thought it was going to be. When Jesus said, follow me, I'm going to make you fishers of men, I thought that that was going to be glorious. I had all these pictures of me out there, you know, preaching Peter, you know, having a great time and all these sort of things. And he thought, I have not spent much time fishing for men lately. And I quit. I'm done. I can't stand this anymore. I'm not happy. Somebody needs to give us, all of us as Christians, a little heads up right now that sometimes the the Christian life can be hard. Sometimes it can be hard. You say, well, why would I do it? Oh, man, why would you do it? It's the only life worth living. But listen, sometimes you're going to go through some things that are not easy. Sometimes the decisions that we have to make to stick it out, to stay with it, to not quit, seems a lot harder than just quitting. From just walking away and washing our hands of it and saying, I'm done. You know, Jesus knew the shape of the disciples before He died. He knew that they weren't ready for the fight of their life. He knew that. We have a picture of that in in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus goes to pray. Remember that? He goes in there and He's praying. He goes back to the disciples and what are they doing? Sleeping. And He says, listen. He goes, can't you you watch and pray with Me for one hour? Right? I feel like that. You know, sometimes it's like, can't you just do, can't you have one hour of spiritual thoughts? (laughs) Right? One hour of walking with the Lord. He says, can't you just watch and pray with Me for one hour? He says, you're... What did he say? He says, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. He knew that about Peter. He knew that about John. He knew that about the disciples, that they were not ready for this. But yet they had to go through it anyhow. Because he must die. And he must be offered. He comes back and they're asleep. (laughs) Peter liked to win. And now the rules had changed and Peter didn't even know how to win at this point. He didn't, like I said already, he didn't even know how to fight. And so he says, forget it, I quit. You know what? Jesus was teaching his disciples not how to necessarily just win, but how to finish. Jesus said, it is what? Finished. You know what Jesus was teaching his disciples? Sometimes, ultimately, ultimately as Christians, and I don't want this message to be a bummer and a downer here, but I'm just telling you, ultimately as Christians, we have the victory, right? But that doesn't mean that we are the winner every day. It's a long fight. God's given us the victory. Ultimately, we have the victory. But you know what we have to have? We have to have some Christians that are so in love with Christ. That's the fight. Is love with Christ. That we're so in love with Christ that even when we're getting beat, we, we just stick it out. Even when it doesn't feel like I am on top today. I don't feel like I'm on the mountain today, but I love Him so much that I'm going to stick it out. That's what. This is where the grit comes. When we're talking about fight, when we're talking about grit, when we're talking about people like Paul the Apostle who was beaten and shipwrecked and all starved and all these different things, and he said to Timothy, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Paul did not feel like a winner every day. There was times even in his life he says, all have forsaken me. He felt alone sometimes. 
But Paul said, I finished. I finished. And that's what we want as Christians. Is we're in this for the long haul, right? We're not in this just for this flash of glory, flash of victory. I'm telling you, it's going to take a deep, deep-rooted love of Christ that will cause us to hang on to the battles. This is something that every new Christian, not that I'm trying to be like this, you know, again, this downer, you know, but every new Christian needs to be told, listen, you will face some spiritual battles in your life. And the thing that you're going to need to have to hang on is a love with Christ. A love with Him. A true fellowship with Him. Because every other Christian also needs to know is people will let you down. Circumstances won't always go your way. Seemingly go your way. Jesus teaches them here how to finish. I can just picture Peter and John. I mean, this is just days. We're talking Jesus 40 days showing himself from the time he ascended into heaven and, and his crucifixion. We're just in we're just within days of the of the death and burial and resurrection of Christ. And I can just see Peter and John sitting there in the boat. It's quiet. It's dark. And they seemingly are walking away from being disciples, followers of Christ. They don't know what in the world's going on. They don't know what's coming next. And I, I can only imagine that when it got real quiet, nobody was talking, that they were thinking about Jesus. They were thinking, you know what, this just doesn't seem the same. This just doesn't seem like the old days when we used to go out fishing, Peter, and everything was fine. It just doesn't feel right. We're disciples of Jesus Christ. I think that they probably remember back to where Mark wrote about this in Mark chapter 1 when Jesus came onto Peter and Andrew and said, come after me. And he said this to Peter and Andrew, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And then he went on a little further and seen James and John there with their dad. And he says unto them, follow me. And they followed him. Later in Luke, he talked about Jesus calling them there out fishing all night and hadn't caught anything. And Jesus came up and told them to cast their net on the other side. Remember that? And they dragged in so many fishes that the net was breaking. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 5 and verse 11, and they brought uh, their, their fish uh, to their ships to land and forsook all and followed him. They've walked away from this fishing life. They've walked away from their careers. They've walked away from the ships and the nets and all those different things. And they were following Christ. And now all of a sudden, after three years of wonderful times and good things happening, now it just seemed like this all came to an end and things weren't as easy as they once were. And Jesus was gone. And they're just sitting there. It's interesting to think, because we know we have the benefit of looking back, but it's interesting to think that Peter and John and the disciples were just about ready to quit within days of them becoming fishers of men. They were for three years in training of how to become fishers of men, right? And they were within, you know, it was on Pentecost, right? 
that they pulled in their biggest catch. It was on the day of Pentecost that the Bible says that 3,000 souls after Peter stood up and preached were added to the church. They were with, this was all just within days of them saying, you know what, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And Jesus is saying, isn't that, isn't that, doesn't that stick in your mind? Just about the time we're about ready to quit is when God's about ready to do something and work in our lives. Just about the time they're ready to quit is just about the time He's about to say, all right, now you're ready to become fishers of men. You know, sometimes I feel like this. Sometimes in my life I've been discouraged for whatever reason, seeming lack of progress, my own inadequacies or anything like that, you know. Sometimes the devil can get in your mind and on your shoulder and say, you know what, this would be easier just to just forget about it, walk away from it. I'm just being honest with you. But I'm telling the God's honest truth. And when those thoughts start coming into my mind, the Lord always says the same thing to me. He always says this, but you haven't even gotten started yet. You know, it would be pretty bad to quit before you even got started, right? And so the Lord says, what are you quitting from? You haven't even gotten started yet, right? Sometimes we got to just look and say, Lord, uh, help me hang on. Help me trust in you. <laughs> they rush to Jesus here as he tells them, to cast their nets in, you know the story, they, they pull in 153 fishes here. And they come up to shore and the Lord's there waiting for them, communes with them, breaks bread with them, has fish with them, and he has a little fire. And Peter, and it was just a couple days before this, Peter sat around another fire and denied the Lord three times. And now he's sitting there around the same fire fellowship with the Lord. And the Lord never brings it up. The Lord never, never puts it in Peter's face. He never, he never said, Peter, I told you you'd deny me. You did deny me. Nowhere did the Lord bring this up to him. Look at John chapter 21 and verse 15. So they're sitting around this fire having fellowship. In verse 15, the Bible says, So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto him, Feed my lambs. And he saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved because he had said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. He says, Peter, do you love me more than these? What's he talking about? Is he talking about, do you love me more than the fishing? Do you love me more than the career? Do you love me more than your friends? Uh, regardless of that, he says, Peter, do you love me more than these? And Peter says, yes. And Peter means it. Peter means it, that he loves the Lord, but his last actions, his last actions hadn't proved it. And I find it interesting as Peter's answer to the Lord 
Does Peter, do you love me? Is simply, yes, thou knowest. You know, there was a time in Peter's life where Peter would have said, yeah, Lord, because look what all I've done. Look what I've forsaken for you. Look what I've done for you. Lord, you know I love you because I'm following you. But right here at this point in time in Peter's life, he really didn't have anything to point to. He didn't have anything great to point to the Lord to prove other than he pleads on Jesus' behalf saying, you know all things. He couldn't say, I've proved my love for you because the truth of the matter is when the going got tough, Peter walked away. He wasn't with the Lord through thick and thin. When it got really bad with Jesus, he decided to walk away. So he looked at him and said, Lord, you know. You know my heart, Lord. It's kind of a humble Peter, if you ask me. And the Lord says to him three times, do you love me? Why? Because this is the core of our faith. Is our love, the love of Jesus Christ for us and our love for Him. I mean, I think it's pretty clear throughout the Scripture that it's not how much you know, how much theology, how much doctrine that you have down. All those things are important and don't misunderstand me. But what is going to keep you going through thick and thin through the hardships and through the trials that we may face is going to be love. What's going to cause us to serve and to continue to serve and continue to serve is love. What's going to be able to have us be able to feed God's sheep and do it with the right spirit and the right heart is simply love. Why? This is the only motive that lasts. Doesn't he say charity never fails. It never fails. Peter's about to be promoted right after the big mess up. He's going to have him feed the sheep. He's really going to become a fisher of men. Noting that ministry is not because of all the mastering the techniques or inquiring all these sort of knowledge. Although we should grow in our knowledge of Him Our true motive for ministry, our true motive for serving should be love. Without love in our hearts, we'll become discouraged. Without the love of God in our hearts, we'll become frustrated. This is how we serve each other in the church. This is how we serve the lost. This is how we serve our spouse. This is how we serve our children. Is the love of Christ in us and through us. And it never fails. Sometimes our love will grow, our love for Christ will grow through failing. I hope that makes sense to you. God's mercy and grace on us and through us when we mess up will give us some, it should give us some grace toward others, shouldn't it? Give us some love toward others. He says, when you've been forgiven much, you can what? Love much. This is Peter's lowest point in time since he began following Jesus. And yet, I mean, even, even when the Bible says that he denied him three times, that he went away, he wept bitterly. I mean, you know what Peter was? Peter was sick. I mean, you ever been like that? So, so, so just disgusted in yourself? So you'd let yourself down? You've let 
someone that you love down so bad that inside you are just sick. That's where Peter was at. And it was in this time and in this moment that the Lord comes to him and again, never even mentions it, but just doesn't bring up his past, doesn't bring up all the things of his past, but begins to talk to him about his future and saying, listen, if you love me, Peter, if you love me, you can feed my sheep. So if you love the Lord, we can serve the Lord. If we love the Lord, we will out of just out of just an abiding in Christ, we will be fruitful. Out of just abiding in Christ, we will be a blessing. And we will be able to endure all things. He says, endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You say, how do you endure hardship? Love. Charity. He gives Peter some helpful advice here that's going to help all of us in our Christian life and our walk with Christ. Look at verse 19. He talks about the death of Peter and serving him through. In verse 19, he spake, this spake he signifying of what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. <coughs> Then Peter, turning about, seeing the disciple whom Jesus loved, following. Now, Peter and John had been together from the beginning. They had fished before they were disciples. They even backslid together. I mean, they were, they were in cahoots, right? Peter and John were close. And he, Peter knew the love that Jesus had for John and the love that John had for Jesus. And he knew there was something special about that. And Peter turned and said about John, he said... Uh, uh, which leaned on his breast, said unto the Lord, Which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, verse 21, Peter seeing him saith to Jesus, Lord, what will this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to me? Follow thou me. If there's two helpful hints to be able to stick it out with the Lord, to be able to finish it's one, is fall deeply in love with the Lord. And two, don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Those two help things will just help you get through the Christian life. There is this thing in our Christian life, for whatever reason, where we're like Peter and we start saying, well, what are you going to do with him? What's he supposed to do? What's she supposed to do? Why are they doing that that way? You know, We start looking at each other and worrying about each other, wondering if they're doing it right. Right? Wondering if we should be doing it like they're doing it or they should be doing it like we're doing it or what the Lord's called them to do. We start worrying about that. And what did the Lord say to Peter? What is that to thee? I mean, that is some good advice for all of us is listen, follow the Lord Jesus Christ and don't look at other people. Don't follow other people. Don't worry about what they're doing. Love them. Show the love of God to them. Minister to them. Feed them if that's what God's called you to do. But ultimately, they'll stand before God in judgment. Not us, right? Take our eyes off for other people. Listen, follow Jesus. Follow the Lord. You and I as, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are not trying to be approved of man. We're following the Lord. He says to him, do you love me? If you love me, then feed my sheep, Peter. And again, 
as you see the life of Peter, that is exactly what he does. He proves his love for the Lord. He and all the disciples, man, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spend their life, as you look at the book of Acts, that is that God working through them, working through their life. And they show that they love the Lord. How? By serving Him. By becoming fishers of men. Listen, if you get discouraged, that's pretty normal. If you get where you're looking around and saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know, you know, if this is even, I'm doubting what I'm even doing or what's even going on. Listen, check your love for Christ. Fall in love with Him. Spend our fellowship and communion with Him. Let's not be following other people, looking at other people, but keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And listen, He will use us He will bless us even if we fail, even if we mess up. Even He is just, the Lord Jesus Christ is so merciful and gracious, and He shows His grace even to us as sinners. I'm thankful this morning that the Lord uses imperfect people. I'm thankful that He is a friend of sinners. As we close, I wanted to sing a song. An evangelist, back a hundred years ago, John Chapman, he saw his share of hardships. After four years of marriage, he lost his wife and later remarried and lost a son. And after that, lost his second wife years later. But God used this evangelist in America to see thousands of souls saved. He saw did missions work in Australia, the Philippines, Korea, China, Japan, traveled all over and saw the Lord work. But he knew that Jesus, our Savior, was a friend of sinners. So I'm going to sing this for the Lord as we close. Jesus, what a friend for sinners. Jesus, lover of my soul. Friends may fail me, foes assail me. He, my Savior, makes me whole.